You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family compelled by God's love to practice the way of Jesus together in Austin. Our big prayer is this, in Austin as it is in heaven. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? Good, good. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Jake, and I'm just uh, so glad to be here with all of you. Uh, this morning, uh, we're in for a, a, a treat because we're, we're kicking off our fall practice. Now, you might, if you're new here, you might not know what we mean by that. And so let me just remind you of something that Krista said earlier, that we as a church were really built around this idea of practicing the way of Jesus together in Austin. And we do that because as I talked about last week, the way of Jesus is a way of life. And so to follow him is to to take up his way of life and to, to mirror our life after him. And as we do that, it leads to life. As Jesus said, it leads to his life being produced in us and through us, which is good for us. And it's good for our city. And if we practice the way of Jesus, which leads us to being with Jesus and becoming like Jesus and doing what he did, then we become more like Jesus. And as we become more like Jesus, our city, Austin, will become more like heaven. And so every uh, four months or so, we uh, take time to uh, set aside on a sermon series and conversation in our midtown communities on a practice that comes directly from the life of Jesus. And so today, we're kicking off our fall practice, as I said, which is bless. We're calling this practice bless. And, and what we mean by bless is that you'll see, kind of as, especially as this morning goes on, is that the bless is, is the word we're using to really kind of capture Jesus's mission and his method. Put another way, uh, bless is a word we're using to capture what Jesus was about, that he came to bless people, and how he did that, how he blessed people, okay? Now, right from the start, let me just admit, I know, uh, bless is a very churchy word, isn't it? Like, we don't really use this word much unless someone sneezes or you're from the South and someone does something stupid and you say, bless his heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I know we don't, this is, this is not a word we use often, but the Bible actually uses this word quite often. Like you think about it, even just in the book of Genesis, do you know that the word bless, which the Hebrew word that we translate bless is the word Barak, like Barack Obama, Barack. And uh, it's used, that word Barak is used 62 times, 62 times in the book of Genesis. Like it's a major theme and it carries with it something very significant, a significant meaning. In fact, let me just throw up a quote for you. Uh, Professor Alan Ross, he says this, a study of Barak in Genesis shows that the giving of a blessing bestowed prosperity with respect to two things, the fertility of the land and the fertility of life. To put another way that the word bless in scripture is associated with the idea of bringing life. It's connected to bringing life. That's why this word is so significant. And so today we're kicking off this practice from the way of Jesus. For Jesus came to bless people and 
bring life, right? And so as his apprentices or his disciples, we are invited to do what Jesus did by partnering with him to bless people and help bring life. But this morning, before we get into how to do that or how Jesus did that, I want us to begin with the question, why? Why do that? Like, why bless others with God? And I think it's important for us to start here for two reasons, okay? The, the first reason is because this practice from the way of Jesus is going to hit a little different than the previous two practices that we did as a church. Those two practices were prayer and Sabbath, this practice, bless, is going to stretch us in a different way than those practices did. Now, given, most likely, those practices also stretched you. And that's all good. Any practice from the life of Jesus that you're like, okay, this is out of my comfort zone. This is not the way I'm usually living. That's a good thing because then you're you know, conforming to the image of Christ as we continue to change to become more like him. And whenever you're out of your comfort zone, listen to this, friends. When you're out of your comfort zone, that's one of the main things that drives you to abide in Jesus more, to depend on him more. And anything that causes you to abide in Christ, to depend on Jesus more, is a good thing for you. It might be an uncomfortable thing, but it's a good thing because abiding in Christ is where the magic happens. It says we abide, his life is produced in us and through us. And so this is going to stretch us differently, but that's, that's okay. That's a good thing. But listen, even though it's a good thing, it doesn't make it an easy thing. And so the reason why I want to begin with the question, why, why bless, is because anytime you're trying to do something that's out of your comfort zone, anything that you're trying to do, something that's hard, what do you end up asking at some point in time? Why am I even doing this, right? I ask that question anytime I'm trying to work out. Like, as I'm like three minutes into it, I'm trying to run. I'm like four driveways down on my street, and I'm already asking, why am I even doing this? Because I hate this so much. Why am I even doing this? This is so uncomfortable. When you're trying to do something that's out of your comfort zone, you have to have it clear in your head why you're doing it. So then we're beginning with why for that reason, and we're beginning with why for another reason that's kind of unique to the, to the idea of blessing people with Jesus, and that is this. It is possible to bless people, to try to bless people for the wrong reasons, with messed up or jacked up motives, that you're blessing them in order to get something from them or to get something from God. And that's, that's not good because here's the thing, and we know this, anytime someone's trying to bless you or you're trying to bless someone else for messed up motives, people can tell. And it's weird. Things get awkward. Things get, you know, the opposite of what you're hoping to happen. Deeper friendship actually becomes messed up. And it's like, well, that person is, they got a mixed up agenda. So, why we would bless people matters. That we would do it for the reason that mirrors why Jesus blessed people. And so we're beginning with the question, why? Why should we bless people with Jesus? Why bless? Okay, you ready? 
Now, the answer to that question, very simply, in Scripture is this, that we bless others because we have been blessed by God. That we bless others because we have been blessed by God. I mean, think about what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1. He begins his letter this way. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, what? Blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's a statement, isn't it? Every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then he goes on in Ephesians 1, and he just lists a number of those blessings, things like God has made us holy and blameless in his sight, and in love he has adopted us into his family, and he has forgiven us, and he's redeemed us, and he has given us his Holy Spirit, sealed us with the Spirit, living within us, that God is with us, and on and on and on. God, friends, if you are in Christ, he has richly blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You have been blessed. See, when that comes home to us, and I'll just speak personally, as I realize that, grasp that, I find that motivating. Now, I have been blessed, and so I will bless others. I don't bless others in order to be blessed by God. See, that's the jacked up motive. No, I bless others because I've been blessed by God. That's what moves me to bless others with God. See, I think that's powerful. I think that's motivating. But here's the thing. I think it even gets more compelling, even more motivating to go and bless others when we, t- when we ask one more question. And that question is, why has God blessed us? So God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, but why? See, the answer to that question is motivating, it's compelling because the answer is not God has blessed us because we deserved it or because we earned it or because we've been good. That God, according to Scripture, has blessed us because He is good. Even though we don't deserve His blessing and even though we haven't earned it, He still, in His goodness, has blessed us. And when we get the fact that we don't earn his blessing, but he freely and graciously gives us even when we didn't deserve it, that to me, friends, is even more and more compelling. Why has God blessed us? First reason I want you to see this morning is because God is good. It's because God is good. In fact, uh, from the very opening pages of Scripture, we learn that God takes the initiative to freely bless. For example, in Genesis 1, 27, 28, we're told that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Now, did we as humankind do anything to earn God's blessing in Genesis 1? No. We didn't exist yet. God creates us and then blesses us right away from the gate. He initiates. He leads out 
with blessing. This is what God is like. He is good. He leads out with blessing. But listen, tragically, as the story of Genesis continues, we are told that the serpent called into question God's goodness. And Adam and Eve bought into the lie that God was holding out on them, that he wasn't actually perhaps all that good. And so they disobey God. They go their own way. As a result of that sinful decision, humankind is separated from God. And we're placed under the curse. And death and brokenness and pain enter into God's good creation. And friends, from that point on, the the uncomfortable truth is that If God treated us simply according to what we deserve, we would receive judgment and punishment from him, not blessing. But if you fast forward from Genesis 3 to Genesis 12, what we see is God once again taking the initiative to bless even though, again, it's undeserved. See, in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, God speaks to Abram, who will later be renamed Abraham. And here's what God says. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, it's helpful to know that up to this point in the biblical story, all we know about Abram is that he is the son of Terah. That's all. That's all that's mentioned. And the reason I point that out is because there is nothing said in Scripture that gives us any reason to believe that God blessed Abram because he was this good person. No, God initiated this blessing to Abram or later Abraham because God is good. Are y'all seeing that? God initiates because God is good. That's why God blesses. That's the first reason that we have to get. It's not because we're good. It's because God is good. That's why he blesses. Now, second thing, in these verses in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, we see the second reason for why God blesses. Another reason, and here it is. It's that uh, God blesses not just because he's good, but because he is up to something good. Because he's up to something. Did you notice when God tells Abram, I will bless you and make your name great? Did you notice that that sentence doesn't stop there? If you go back to it, so yeah, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great. Doesn't stop. It doesn't say, all right, and so I want you to know that, Abram. I'm just going to bless you. And so go and be well fed and go and be happy and go and be comfortable because you've been blessed by God. And so there's, that's that. No, no, no. It says, I will bless you so that, so that you will be a blessing. So that you will be 
a blessing. See, God blessed because he is good, but also he blessed us because he has a good purpose, something good that he is seeking to bring about through his blessing, namely that he is working through blessing to bring life to others. So God says to Abram, the blessing is not just for you. I'm blessing you so that you will be a blessing, so that through you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. See, that's, friends, it's a good thing that God is up to. To, to put it a little succinctly, he's working to restore the world. That's what he's up to. He's working to set everything right to reverse the curse and renew creation. And how is he going about that? Through blessing. Through blessing. Now, (laughs) granted, if you're unfamiliar with the biblical story, it might feel like I'm reading a lot into these three verses, okay? I, I, I know that. But listen, if you keep reading from Genesis 12 on through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, what we learn is this story continues is that when God blessed Abram here, he was inaugurating his plan to rescue and bless the rebellious world through Abram's or Abraham's family line, which would become the nation of Israel from which eventually would come the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And through Jesus, all of the families on the earth would be blessed. In fact, if you go fast forward to the New Testament, to to Galatians chapter 3, this is the connection that the Apostle Paul makes that he, in this passage we're about to look at, what he does is he connects the blessing of Abraham to Jesus, and then hear this, to you and me. Here's here's what he says, starting in verse 7 of Galatians chapter 3. He says, understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles, meaning not just the family line of Abraham, the Jewish people, but all people, which includes you and me, that God foresaw that he would justify the Gentiles by faith, and specifically that's faith in Christ. That's the context here. And he announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are what? Blessed. Yeah. Blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. See, when God, friends, when God blessed Abraham, he wasn't just blessing Abraham. He was blessing Abraham in order to bring his blessing to the nations, to the entire world, and to you and me. He was blessing Abraham because he was up to something good, something great, something much bigger than just Abraham and his family. Now, here's what I want you to hear. This is why God blesses. It's because he's up to something good and because he is good, not because we've been good. In fact, just 
they're at the risk of belaboring this point. That's where Paul goes next in Galatians 3, very next verse. He makes it clear that the reason God has blessed us is not because we've been good, but because he's good. Look, look, look at what he says. Verse 10, he says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. To put another way, he's saying, if it's up to us to earn God's blessing by keeping his law perfectly, then we are without hope of ever getting out from under the curse. For no one keeps God's law perfectly. No one except for Jesus. See, the only way we could ever become part of the blessed family of God is if someone who did keep the law perfectly would take on the curse we deserve. And friends, that's the message of the gospel of Jesus. Paul says it beautifully in the next verses, verses 13 and 14. He says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. And here's what the blessing is. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The Spirit of God coming to live with us, God with us. Friends, do you get what Paul is saying here? He's saying that on the cross, Jesus took on your curse. That he took on my curse so that we can receive his blessing. You see, Jesus, the the physical descendant of Abraham and the only one that obeyed the law perfectly. And so he's the only one who actually deserved the blessing from God. And yet he stood in our place and took our curse so that we could receive his blessing. That's what Jesus did for each and every one of us. Friends, is that, I hope that that is weighing on your heart. Do you feel the weight of that? Jesus took our curse so that we could receive his blessing. See, that's the core of the gospel message. It's the blessing of the undeserved in Christ. The blessing of the undeserved in Christ. It's only because of Jesus' grace and his love and his goodness that any of us have received his blessing, have received his life. And having received it, God now wants to continue to bless the undeserved, and he wants to do that through you. And God wants to continue to bless the undeserved, and he wants to do that through you. So remember when God blessed Abraham, what did he say? 
I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing, right? But God blessed him not just for his good, but for the good of all families of the earth. And if you're in Christ, then according to Galatians 3.14, the blessing given to Abraham has now come to you through Christ. You see that? Now let me ask you a question. Do you think that God's blessing that's been passed on to you through Abraham and then through Abraham's line, like 2,000 years, to Jesus, and then from Jesus down to you today, another 2,000 years later, do you think that this blessing that's traveled from Abraham through his line to Jesus to you is now supposed to terminate in you? Or is it to continue to pass through you? Well, of, of course. Of course it's not supposed to terminate in you or in me, right? See, God has blessed you so that you too can be a blessing. He's blessed you so you too can be a blessing. To tweak a famous line from Spider-Man, we could say, with great blessing comes great responsibility. See, God wants to partner with you to take his blessing to others so that they too can hear this, receive the Holy Spirit. So they too can receive the Holy Spirit that we have received through faith in Christ. In other words, like the greatest blessing that you and I have, as Paul says in Galatians 3, is that we have received the promise of the Holy Spirit, God with us. And he says the great blessing that we've freely been given, we can now offer to all peoples in the world and all peoples in our city so that they too can have the blessing of fellowship with God and the life of Christ, the blessing from God. See, this is God's good purpose. This is what he's up to. This is what he wants. In fact, the scripture is clear that this is God's heart. I mean, think about 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It says, this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Or think about what Jesus said in his ministry captured in Luke 19.10. He said, I have come, or the, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Or what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, when he says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, this is the heart of God. This is what God is up to. He's trying to to restore the world, bring life back to those under the curse. And you're the proof of that. If you're in Christ, you are the proof that God is at work doing that. And then the question becomes, will you now partner with him to allow him to do that, to continue what he's up to in the world through you? to be a blessing to others. See, friends, as I said at the beginning, we need to know why. Why bless others with God? Well, here it is. This is our why. It's because we have been undeservedly and richly blessed by our good God. 
It's because we have been undeservedly and richly blessed by our good God. And it's because we have been blessed to be a blessing. That we've been blessed so that we can partner with God in what he is up to, bringing his blessing and life to all the families on the earth. And the question that I have for you, in light of all that, in light of how God has blessed you and why God has blessed you is just this. Will you choose to bless others with him? And will you, it's got to be your decision. But will you choose? Will you choose to partner with God to bless others with him so that they too can find life in Christ and the Holy Spirit can come to them as well as you partner with God to continue to bless all the families of the world or the neighbors on your street, or your roommate who lives in the apartment with you? Will you partner with God to bless others? I'm not expecting you to answer out loud, but I do want you to answer that. That's the invitation before you. Now, I'm going to just assume that, that you're either on the fence or you're going to say yes, okay? If you're not, then that's okay. We still love you. And honestly, really, seriously, you're welcome here, okay? You don't have to do this in order to be part of our church, be loved. I mean, you're, God does not love us according to what we do for him. That's a big point of this whole message, okay? But he has invited you to join him in this. And so if you say, yes, I want to make sure that the blessing that's come to me doesn't terminate in me, but I partner with God to bless others, then the question, the rational question is, how? Okay, what's that look like? You know, how do I bless people with God? And the answer to that is uh, no surprise here, no shocker. The way we bless people with God is by practicing the way of Jesus. By practicing the way of Jesus. See, uh, specifically, it's by adopting five practices from the life of Jesus that sum up how Jesus blessed people. And to help you remember these practices, and hopefully to actually practice them, we have captured them in a handy-dandy little acronym using the word BLESS. That's clever, right? Yeah? We stole it. So anyways. Now, here's here's what these five practices from the life of Jesus are. The first is uh, the way that Jesus blessed people is that he began with prayer. Now, right off the bat, you're like, that's a stretch for an acronym, and you're right. It is. It's a stretch, but we're stretching that way because uh, this is how Jesus began his ministry. That prayer was essential, and it was top priority. I mean, think about when Jesus began his public ministry, what did he do right before that? He got away for 40 days to fast and pray that Jesus began with prayer. And so following Jesus's lead, we begin with prayer. We begin to bless people by asking God to bless them. We begin with prayer. The second thing that we do, or second practice from the life of Jesus is that he listened with care. Just listen with care. 
If you read the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus asked about 300 more questions than he answered. That he truly listened to people because he, listen, <laughs> he truly cared about people. They weren't projects to him. They were people made in the image of God that he deeply loved and cared for. And so he listened to them. He wasn't all about, I got something for you to hear. It was, hey, tell me about yourself. How are you doing? He listened with care. And so we, we following Jesus' example, learn to listen to people because we care for them like he does. Third practice from the life of Jesus is my favorite. It's eat with others. Eat with others. See, Jesus made time for people. He extended hospitality to them. And he deepened friendships with people over a good meal that stretched long into the evening. And so we, following his example, extend hospitality, meet with people, and develop good friendships over some good food. Next practice from the life of Jesus is serve. To serve in love. And you can really sum up... Oh, almost all of Jesus' ministry was saying with the word serve, right? And he he said himself, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This is Jesus. He was a servant. He saw a need. He met a need. Didn't matter who it was. And so we do the same. As we have insight into the lives of the people around us. We look for ways to serve them because that's what Jesus did. We serve like Jesus served us. And then the last S stands for share. Share the Savior. See, Jesus came to share and give his life, and he came sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. And so following his way, we share what Jesus has done for us and what he has done for others that they too can have life in him. Over the next four weeks, friends, we're going to preach through these practices and we're gonna talk about them in our MCs and so that we can help each other practice the way of Jesus, to partner with him, to bless those around us. And to help us in that, we also put together this handy-dandy bless practice guide to help you follow along with these uh, during these uh, five weeks starting today. And so I'd really encourage you to pick one of these up. In fact, we're going to pass them out later this service so that you have them and, and you bring these to your MCs and they'll help guide your discussion. And, and hopefully they'll prove to be really helpful because we want to practice the way of Jesus together and help each other adopt this from the way of Jesus so that people can be blessed by God as we have been blessed by God. Uh, Let me just say, I'm about to wrap up. Let me just say that. um, As I said earlier, I recognize that this blessed practice for the way of Jesus is going to stretch us in a different way than prayer and Sabbath did. And so I just want you to know that our posture and my, specifically my posture, but also speak as the leaders of Midtown, our posture to you is grace. And it's just an invitation. You, you get to decide. 
if you're going to do this. We love you regardless. So this is, a, this is an invitation to you. And specifically, let me just say, the invitation is just for you to take your next step. You can say, okay, five practices at one time, Jake. Like we take, we spent five weeks on resting on Sabbath. Like how are we going to do five, five different practices in five weeks? That's okay. Hey, just take the next step, okay? And know that whatever step that is, even if it feels small to you, it's not, no step is insignificant. As we follow Jesus, to become more like him, okay? So that's one thing I want you to know. Second thing I want you to hear before I wrap up is this. That as we uh, practice this, one of the greatest things that happens is that true friendships are made. Like deep friendships are made. That when we bless people like Jesus, even though that might sound intimidating, it results in friendships being made and deepened. I mean, Jesus was called a friend of sinners, right? A friend. Why was he called a friend? It's because he ate with people. And he listened to them. And he served them. And he shared his life with them. To put it another way, it's because he blessed them. What Krista and I, just to speak personally, what Krista and I have found as we have made it our aim to bless our neighbors like Jesus, what we, what's happened is that we have developed many deep and genuine friendships with our neighbors. And we've been able to have so many rich conversations with them about life and about kids and about work and, yes, about Jesus as well. See, as we've practiced the way of Jesus, we have started to have, and really have been doing this for multiple years now, regular dinners at our house with our neighbors. We've been able to host parties with our neighbors. We've learned to listen to them and ask good questions like good friends do. We've looked for ways to serve them like good friends do. And as a result, we've become good friends with them. And our life is richer because of it. And we'd like to think their life is richer because of it as well. See, as we've done that, as we've formed these friendships, we've seen a number of our neighbors. One of the things that's come from this is we've seen a, lot of, a number of na- our neighbors want to talk to us, want to engage us about Jesus and about our faith. And we've been happy to talk to them about that as well, like good friends do. They want to see people find life and be blessed by God. Friends, I want this for you. As your pastor, I'm not sitting here like, okay, let's go bless people so our church can grow. You know, I'm not like, that's messed up motives. That's a jacked up stuff, right? And it's like, well, don't do it for, I want this for you. There's really nothing like partnering with God to bless others and see them find life in him. It is a unique joy. So I want this for you. And yeah, I want this for your friends and your coworkers, your neighbors too, because we all do, right? We want people to find life in Jesus. 
Well, friends, the way that God is primarily blessing the world that they would have life is through blessing people that will then be a blessing. Will you be a blessing? Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk more about this, but the point of today's message is not to get you to engage in these practices yet. The purpose today is just to dress our hearts, to help us see that we have been richly and freely blessed by Jesus when we didn't deserve it. And then we've been invited by God to partner with him to blessing others so they can have life as well. So we have to get this first. But when we get this, how we've been blessed, that's what's going to compel us to go and bless others with God from a heart that mirrors Jesus's heart. And I know of nothing more powerfully that can more powerfully move our hearts uh, to want to bless people with Jesus than remembering what Jesus has done for us. And so to close this message, we're going to prepare to take a communion together as we do every week here. So servers, you can begin to pass out the communion elements. And friends, as, as they do this, I just want to give you a minute to reflect on Galatians 3, 13 through 14. To reflect on what Jesus has done for you so that you could receive his blessing freely. And so we're going to put this verse up here for y'all. And just take a minute and read it and consider it, reflect upon it, and realize This is how you've been loved in Christ. This is how you have been blessed in Christ. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We invite you to practice the way of Jesus in Austin with us because as we become more like Jesus, Austin will become more like heaven. Mm